All right. Good morning, everyone. Good to see everybody. Good morning to you watching online as well. And just so excited to start a new series with you called Spirit Living. Okay? We're all really familiar with living from our soul. And that's where we ride the roller coaster of ups and downs and I feel good, I don't feel good, this good thing happened, this bad thing happened. And we can, we can go through life that way. Or we can learn how to live a life in the spirit that is in a totally different quality of life. Where there's joy and there's peace, no matter what the circumstances are, uh, that there's a higher kind of a truth that is capturing our attention. And so we're going to start this series called Spirit Living, Okay. And uh, I hope that this becomes a real life-transforming time for you. Before we get into that, I wanted to read a verse out of uh, Philippians chapter 3. And this was just kind of coming to me this morning. Uh, Paul says this, Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. And I love this idea. He says, One thing I do, I forget, forgetting what is behind straining forward to what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And uh, so this is Paul, the Apostle Paul, who was probably one of the, you know, the guys that we esteem the highest in, in, uh, in, our, in our Christianity, right? And, and he said, I'm not there yet, but I am still pressing forward to lay hold of that for which Christ laid hold of me. And we're going to talk about that idea that God wants all of you, and he has made a way to have all of you and all of me redeemed, okay? So we're going to uh, look at this verse, first of all, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, uh, verse uh, 23, and it says this, may God himself, the God of peace or the God of shalom, sanctify you through and through, may your whole spirit soul and body be made uh, blameless uh, to, or be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the Bible talks about how we are a spirit, uh, we have a soul, and we live in a body. And God's desire is that he himself sanctifies you wholly, your spirit, your soul, and your body. Okay, now sanctify is a kind of a you know, the religious word, and it comes from the idea of holy, and holy means to be set apart, okay? Now, you were made to be set apart for God's purpose, okay? That's what you were made for. God made you specifically. He loves you, and your main purpose is not to do something for God, but to experience his love. Did you know that? That's your main purpose, is to know God. And that's our mission here at the, state, at, at the church here, is to know God, and then out of that relationship, to make him known to other people. Because God created you to know him and to, love, to experience him and experience his goodness and his love, okay? But there's a lot of other stuff that gets in the way of that agenda. So we're going to come back to this idea of our spirit, soul, and body in a few minutes. But I want to uh, recap uh, a verse we've been looking at a little bit lately. It's the number one commandment in the scriptures, all right? When Jesus was asked what's the greatest commandment, he quoted Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. And he says, well, here it is. It is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, okay? And then he went on and gave him a bonus one, and he says, and the second is like it, to love your neighbor as you love yourself, Right? So uh, we talked about this a little bit because we just finished a, a series on worship. But this week I, I wanted to study this more. And so um, when COVID-19 came, I don't know how long ago it was, maybe 20 some weeks ago or so, uh, one of the things that happened in my life was I joined a Hebrew class in Jerusalem. Yeah! Isn't that cool? So every Sunday night I have a Hebrew class I attend, a virtual class. I have a professor and about a dozen students. So for the last 18 weeks, I've been studying Hebrew. So I'm like getting super excited about Hebrew. Uh, the reason why is because I love to know like the, the foundational truths of the scripture. I want to know like what does the God really say? What does this word really say? I don't want to know what this person says here or what that book says over there or even what English says. I want to know what God said, you know? 
So my heart is to, is to do that. And so as I was doing that, this week I, I was reading this, this verse, Deuteronomy 6, 5, in Hebrew. And I was just seeing if I could do it, you know. And then I got interested in it and started studying some of the words. So I want to give you three of the words out of this verse. And they are heart, soul, and strength. Okay? So the first word for heart in Hebrew, it's only two letters. It's really simple. It's a two-letter word. And it's pronounced lev. And it's, uh, oh, it's a letter lamed. And then it's the letter bet. Like that. And that's how, you, that's how it's pronounced, is lev. And heart in Hebrew isn't the organ that pumps the blood, okay? That's probably understood, like when you knew that, that God wasn't saying, I want you to love me with your organ, you know? But metaphorically, what the heart means in Hebrew is it means the deepest, innermost part of who you are. And, um, and so it, it, sometimes we use that heart, sometimes people say, uh, go with your gut, or what's, a, what's the thing that's controlling you on the inside, the deep part on the inside of you? Hebrew says it's heart, it's lev. But in the pictures of these letters, I thought it was kind of interesting. Lamed is a picture of not an animal, a llama. It's not a picture of a llama. It's a picture of a shepherd's staff, and it represents authority. Uh, so like if I was a shepherd, I had this big staff, that represented authority because I would use it to guide my sheep, to protect my sheep, to beat off a lion or a bear or a wolf with my staff, but also to save or hook and, and, and help or, or push uh, my sheep. So it was authority. Okay? The, this, this letter here, bet, comes from a picture of a uh, floor plan or a tent outline of a house. So it could represent home or your house. Uh, and in this case... I'd like to just show you what I think uh, the essence of your heart is in Hebrew. It is the um, authority of the house. And if you picture your life as your house, this is who you are. This is where you live, right? This is your space. The authority of your house is your heart. Does that make sense? It's the internal most, innermost part of who you are that is making decisions and, and, you know, feelings and all that. So it includes your mind, it includes your emotions, it includes your will. So it's kind of an all-inclusive word there for heart, right? And the first time you'll see this uh, in the Bible is Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. This is the first time the word is written, and it says this, The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth. And that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. That's a scary statement, isn't it? So this is right before the flood. And God had looked at mankind, and because of the sin that entered the world, he looked at their heart. How many of you know God can see our hearts, right? God can see the innermost part of who we are. In fact, I would say he knows that part of you better than you do. He even knows your motives when you're not aware of them. He knows what's deep down inside of you, what's really there. And he looked at that and he lamented and he said, there's only evil all the time. In other words, sin has completely infiltrated the depths of each one of our existence, existences and our, our control center, if you will. And so there needed to be a remedy. Okay, now... We're standing in our culture today. We're looking around at our world today. And we can see if God isn't in charge, then there is chaos and evil all around. Would you agree with me? And, and we could say today, when there's a person who hasn't surrendered their heart or the control of who they are to God, then there is only evil. Now, I'm not saying someone can't do good things here and there, but... There's evil there. There's, there's brokenness. We see it in our world, okay? So God came to do something about that, which we'll get to in a minute. So that's the innermost part of who you are. That's your, that's your heart. Soul, in the scriptures, is the word nefesh, okay? Nefesh. And it comes from Genesis 2-7. It's a very famous verse in the Bible. It's the first time you'll see the word soul in the Bible. It says here, Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a nefesh, a living being. 
Nefesh means uh, what makes you a living being. It's everything else other than the inner core of your heart. It's not the control center. It's the whole thing. So the nefesh is a body. So God kneels down. And by the way, this is kind of cool. God speaks, God speaks, God speaks. And it was, and it was, and it was. For five days, God's creating everything by what? By speaking, right? But this time, he doesn't create by speaking, but he does involve his breath. It's pretty interesting, right? So I'm going to show you this word. It's three letters. This is a noon in uh, Hebrew. And then there's a letter that's called pay. And in this case, it sounds like an F or a PH sound. And then we have this letter sheen, which gives us the SH sound. So it's nefesh, okay? Now, what God did is in creation, he's creating everything except on the sixth day when he creates man. He gets personal. He rolls his sleeves up, doesn't he? He's, the Bible tells us right here in this verse, he takes the dust of the earth and he forms like a potter, intimately, his creation, which is mankind. And he makes man with his own hands. And then instead of just speaking, he makes us. And the Bible says in, I think, Psalm 139, he knit you in your mother's womb. I mean, that is detail. That's intimate. That's like one stitch at a time. Okay, I had a grandma. She could make anything out of yarn. And she did. And every time I went over to her house, she's always making something, knitting. And I'm like... I could never do that because I'm sitting here watching you for a half an hour and I can't even tell you did anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like people who do that stuff, it's amazing to me that they had that much patience. And the Bible says, God knit you stitch by stitch in your mother's womb. Now this is metaphorically saying that God has been intimately and purposefully, he created you. Okay, do you believe that? All right, you are unique. You are you are the masterpiece of God's creation. Because on day six, instead of just speaking, he gets personal. He makes us, and he gets even more personal. Now, he comes right down to us. And the Bible says that God breathed into us, into our nostrils, the breath of life. This is what these words come from. This letter, noon, comes from a picture of seed, like a, a sperm seed. And it represents life, or it also can represent um, fish. I don't know why, but anyway. So it represents this idea of life or seed, okay? This is what the, the ancient picture shows us, life or seed. The next letter over this pay is a picture of a mouth. So it represents a mouth. And uh, so I'll put this down here. And then finally, this one here is two front teeth. You can, it comes from this picture. It looks very simple like this. And you can see how it gets turned into a W over time, but it represents teeth, which represents to consume or to eat or to devour, but it also represents like, like teeth would to press, okay? To press down or to press. And so look at this word. This is so cool. Genesis 2-7, it says, God came down and he pressed his mouth onto us and breathed into us. Nefesh. He breathed life into us. He gave us the seed of life. And it says, and man became a living being, a living soul. So this nefesh is what makes us alive, okay? It's your personality. It's your mind. It's your emotions. It's every part of you. So you have your heart, which is the inner core, control center. And then you have everything else. And the Bible says, love God with all your heart. The deepest inside, most personal intimate identity that you are, love, give that to God. And everything else is your nefesh. Everything else, everything you got, your physical body, your personality, your energy, you're alive. And in, in our experience, when that breath is gone, okay, now the nefesh is no longer living, right? There's just a shell. And so this is not talking about our spirit. This is talking about our, the, the living being that we are. Everything that we have right here is to love God. So your heart, your soul, and then the last word I want to share with you is strength. And that's a really good, uh, actually, interpretation or translation of the word. And it's the word ma'od, ma'od. And it means very, very, or uh, it can mean very or strong or forceful or uh, great or exceeding. Or I like the word gusto. 
That's my interpretation. Like with great gusto, with great energy, with great abundance is ma'od. And this is where it appears for the first time. Genesis 1.31. This is uh, pretty interesting. And God saw all that he had made, and it was ma'od, tov ma'od, very good. First time you'll see it. On day one, after God finished everything, he says, it's good. Day two, it is good. Day three, it's good. Four, good. Five, good. But after he made you and me, he used this word for the very first time. This is very good. And so God shows us that we are the climax of his creation. And that was on the sixth day. And so to love God, as a summary, with your heart, soul, and strength, is to love God with everything you got on the in, deep side, everything else on the outside, and with great gusto. That's what God wants from you. He wants all of you, okay? You might be like, okay, man, so much pressure, you know? I gotta give all myself to God. But what you, what you begin to realize in, the, in our Christian faith is as we surrender to God, our being literally comes alive. And the parts of us, whether it's part of our soul or part of our mind or part of our emotions or a part of our personality that we have not surrendered to God, those parts are dying. And so it becomes a win-win situation. God wants all of you, but when you begin to give all of yourself to God, you actually come alive. And that's what the series is all about. It's called Spirit Living. Because when we live by the Spirit, we are living. We are coming alive. But sometimes when we're living by our soul, we're not living. You know, we're experiencing the opposite of life. We are experiencing different elements of death. So I want to talk about spirit, soul, and body with you for a few minutes, okay? So everybody, I don't know if you agree with this or not, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to say it with me, and hopefully you will agree with that, that we are a spirit. You are a spirit, okay? Say, I am a spirit. So the Bible teaches us that we are made in the image of God. And Jesus in John chapter 4, I think verse 23 said, uh, we've been talking about this verse. He says, God is spirit. And those who worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth. And in fact, these are the kind of worshipers God is looking for. Those who will worship him spirit to spirit. Okay? So that is who we are. We are made in the image of God. We are a spirit. Okay? We have a soul. But that is not who we are, but we have a soul. We have a mind. We have emotions, we have a will, and uh, those affect our life quite a bit, okay? The state of your soul really affects a lot about the quality of life that you have. The more of your soul that is in alignment with your spirit, the higher quality of life experience you're having right now. The less that your soul is in alignment with God's will, uh, the lower the quality of, of, of life experience you're having right now. Why? Because God's ways are filled with life. They will always make you better, fuller, more joyful, peaceful, healthier, and more abundant. God's ways are perfect. Okay? He is our creator. He loves us. He's for us. So it's not about follow the rules. It's about find out how to live. Right? God has all those answers for us. Okay? And then finally, so we are a spirit. We have a soul. But we live right now. We live in a body. Okay? And sometimes our bodies talk to us. Yesterday I was putting the floor in our bathroom and by the end of the day, my back was talking to me. You know, I'm like, Eli, help. You know, so he came over, gave me a little massage, loosened me up a little bit. So we have a body, but this is not who we are. When this body is done, you're not done. Because this is not who you are. This is where you are, where your spirit is living right now. Okay? Now the good news is that God has come for, to redeem our spirit, our soul, and our body. I'm going to share this with you. Right now, if you are a believer, if you place your faith in Jesus as Lord and Savior, we're going to talk about this in a minute, but right now, your spirit is saved. You are alive in Him. Okay? You are saved. There's nothing more that you can do if you place your faith in Christ as Lord for the forgiveness of your sins, for your sins, there's nothing more you can do to become any more righteous than you are because it has nothing to do 
with your performance and everything to do with what Jesus has done. So by placing faith in Jesus, we receive his righteousness. So my righteousness now is through Jesus, not through my efforts. You guys agree with me on that one? Okay, I hope so, because we talk about that all the time. All right, so there is nothing more I need to do than to trust in Jesus and I am saved. The eternal part of who I am is already experiencing eternal life, okay? Now, however, how many of you know that sometimes we got some soul work to do, right? Okay, our emotions might be screwed up. Our thinking might be not, not so great. Our will might be, we might be stubborn or prideful or, or self-seeking or we could be trying to do things on our own and, and all that. So our soul and body have some work to do. This is done. This is getting worked on right now. So our soul is being saved. The Bible says it this way in Romans uh, chapter 12. It says, don't be conformed, you know, any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. Start changing. Let God change you by applying this word to your life. Change your mind. Change your life. Line yourself up with God. He will transform you and your soul will literally be changed. How many of you, since you became a Christian, have noticed that some of your thinking has changed? How many of you have uh, had some, let's put it, put it this way, emotional healing from some stuff in the past that God has done? Okay, and then how many of you have started to see some of your will conforming to God's will? In other words, let me give you a real practical example. One of the most popular, most frequent things that happen to a Christian, okay, when they, when they get saved, is over time, they begin to actually care about other people. They begin to say something like, I just, got, I want to make a difference. I want, and, and there's a, there's, there's a little less self-centeredness, self-love, and things start to change. Your will starts to change. And you start wanting to help other people. Has anybody experienced that? Okay, so we see that happening. So what's going on is, this is being saved. Your soul is being saved. If you allow God to do the work, he's going to change your, he's going to heal you. He's going to, um, uh, you know, uh, change your, your will so that your will becomes more in alignment with his will. And to the degree that you allow that to happen, then that's going to be an even more fruitful and uh, abundant life experience. And to the degree we hold those things tight, and we say, no, this is my, this is my thing. Uh, to the degree that we do that, we are going to experience some bondage in those areas because we're not living as abundantly as we could when we do it on our own, okay? And then we have our bodies right here. And I got good news for you, okay? Especially if you're getting older. Your body will be saved. Yeah, Bible says it several times. We are going to get a brand new body. Now, we're going to try the best we can with the ones we got right now, okay? But we are getting a new body, and we're going to be like Jesus. Our bodies will be fit for eternity. And so let's go back. So we have this. Our spirit's saved. Our soul's being saved. Our body will be saved. But even now, we get to taste of that salvation through the healing, through the healing power of Jesus, Okay? I believe in healing. I believe in divine health and wholeness. Uh, I believe that by the blood of Jesus um, shed on the cross, I wasn't just offered forgiveness of my sins, but I was also offered healing from sicknesses and diseases. When sickness or disease or, or those physical ailment, elements come on me, then I, you know, I kind of begin to speak promises of God and pray, and, I, and I, I believe in healing. That's how I do it. Uh, many people here believe that. And so it's not that our, our bodies are gonna just completely fall apart. They are decaying. We're gonna talk about that in a minute. But I believe that there's still a place for us to experience a quality of life through the blood of Jesus Christ, and that's where I'm going. So hope you're going there too. All right, so let's look at um, a little bit of history. Go with me to creation. Let's think about Adam and Eve, all right? What was the state of their spirit, their soul, and their body right after they were created? So let's talk about their spirit. Their spirit, they were in perfect fellowship with God. In fact, we get a glimpse of them 
they must have had these, I, I believe they had these daily walks with God in the garden. We see God walking in the garden, looking for them. Adam, where are you? You know, where's our daily walk together, you know? And so you got this idea that they're just in complete fellowship with God. Their spirit uh, is untainted by sin. There's no sin in the world. There's no barriers between man and God. There's complete, perfect unity. Do you guys see that? Oh, that's their spirit. That's the state of their spirit before the fall. How about their soul? Their soul. Their soul was, their will was in perfect submission to God's will uh, because, there, again, there wasn't any sin. They had no fallen emotions like envy. There's no greed, lust, pride, fear, loneliness, depression, insecurities. Can you imagine your soul right now without any of those, any of that, any of it all? That'd feel pretty good. That's how their soul was. That's how their emotions were. There was no fallen emotions in them at all. And then their bodies, their bo in their minds, by the way, their soul, part of their soul is their minds. Uh, the intellect was off the charts. When, when the animals came, Adam named all the animals. He had the wherewithal to know what these animals were about and how to name them. And it just, there was nothing clouding their thinking at all. Perfect thinking, okay? And then we had the body. Their bodies, do you know this? If sin never entered the world, Adam and Eve would still be <laughs> walking with God in the garden right now. There, there wouldn't be any death. Death is a result of sin. Before sin, there was no death. In fact, there was no decay. Like, they didn't, their bodies didn't, like, decay over time. There was no sickness. There was no pain. Can you imagine that in your body? No pain at all. No sickness. No decay. We don't see ourselves not able to do what we used to do. And so that was the condition of humanity, okay? So if I was to draw a picture of that, and I'm going to keep it really simple. Let's say that this is creation, and my picture for creation would be this beautiful, perfect, white, clean, pure circle. <laughs> All right? So that's my picture. Now, the fall comes. Sin enters the world, and everything changes. What's the condition of man's spirit? The Bible says that our spirit is our connection point with God. What happened to our relationship with God? It was severed, right? When God told Adam and then Adam told Eve, don't eat from this tree of the garden. On the day that you eat of it, you will die. What he was talking about, what most people think he was talking about was, oh, oh our bodies are gonna die. But what he was really saying was, your spirit will be severed from mine. Who's the source of life? God is. When you unplug from the source of life, if you're a refrigerator, look like a refrigerator, right? But the light's not on in the inside because you, you disconnected from your power source. Well, that's what humanity did. We disconnected from our power source, from life itself, which is God. So our spirit at the fall died Today, there are a lot of human beings on the planet Earth, but every one of them who has not placed faith in Jesus Christ yet, though they look like they're alive, they have a body, and they're breathing, and they're walking on the Earth, their spirit is dead, disconnected from God. Disconnected from That's how you were, the Bible says, before you came to Christ. And if you're here this morning or watching this video and if you feel like, oh, oh, that's me, then you can, you can be saved today. Your spirit can be saved today by placing your faith in Jesus Christ. And the moment you do that, your spirit is, as Jesus said, born again. He had this conversation, remember, with a guy named Nicodemus. He says, Nicodemus, flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. You need to be born again. And he was at first thinking, how can I go back into my mother's, you know, belly and, come, you know, and she's like, no, 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 you need, your spirit needs to be born again, okay? So at the fall, our spirit died. How about our soul? Oh, man, our soul got messed up, okay? There's this thing in theology called total depravity, and that means when sin came, everything was screwed up, everything, okay? Now, the Bible says even in the heart of man, remember we read this in Genesis chapter 5, God said, I'm looking at your heart and all I see 
is only evil all the time. Even at the core of humanity, there was evil. There was brokenness. Our minds, our wills, our emotions. So immediately after the fall, you start seeing things like this. Adam hiding. God's finding Adam. Adam, where are you? Where are you? Uh, over here, you know. What, what, where are you at? What are you doing? I was afraid. I was afraid. He was also feeling what? Shame and guilt and condemnation. So I hid myself. I was afraid of you. And then we begin to see envy and jealousy. We begin to see murder very quickly after that. All of a sudden, things break loose, right? And the will of man is no longer in alignment with God's will. The will of man is in alignment with their will. Self-centeredness, greed, power, lust. And, and the world falls apart. We see that today. We see that, the results of that. So our souls got messed up. Fallen emotions entered mankind. Uh, and, and, and fallen wills. And, and, and a fallen um, uh, heart was a mind, will, and emotions. Our minds, our wills. And then what about the body? So the body... Remember, no sickness, no disease, no death. As soon as sin entered the world, bodies began to decay. Death entered the, the, the human, human experience, and we've seen that ever since. Okay, so if I was to show you a picture of the fall, I'll just call it the fall, I would draw this picture here, and the circle kind of represents our body, soul, and spirit, I would go like this. It was completely fallen. Darkness. All of who we are. Our spirit, dead. Our soul, screwed up. Our body, dying. Bad. Bad. Okay? This is what we had. This is what we exchanged it for. And this was our dealing, our job. This is what we did. We thought, I want to be God. Right? I want to be in control. And so uh, this is what happened. And then how many of you are glad that there's one more stage to human history? Come on, it's called redemption. Woo! Or let's just call it Jesus. All right, let's call it Jesus. All right? And Jesus came to make something happen. God wants you back. 1 Thessalonians 5.23, this is our verse for the week. May God himself, may God himself do this work in you. May he sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus. What does God want to do? He wants to rescue all of this. We sing songs like that. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, wall you won't kick down. You're coming after me. God's coming after you. He, he is relentless because he loves you and he made you for a holy purpose. And that holy purpose is to be in him, to know him and to know his love. So currently, if you are a believer, this is, if you're not a believer, this is your state right here. That's your state. I'm just telling you what the Bible says in a, in a very simple way. If you are a believer, your picture might look something like this, okay? And there is a, there is something going on here that's pretty exciting. There is a, a spirit inside of you. Your spirit's been born again. And, and it is now alive forever. But there's some movement going on here that I, I, I'm limited by a picture, a static picture to show you. But this thing is growing. Okay? This circle is moving out. This internal uh, experience and the Bible says that the path of the righteous, the path of a person who has placed their faith in Jesus, the path of this person is getting brighter and brighter until the full day. Does that make sense? There is a transformation going on. If you allow God to do this in your soul and in your body, that is going to increase your capacity to experience life as God meant it to be experienced in him. And that's, this is called spirit living. What I want to help all of us get better at is how to let this right here, the spirit in us, begin to increase and to change and transform the fallenness of our soul and the fallenness of our body. And this is exciting to be a part of this journey. So I want to encourage you 
to jump on board with this journey as we do this together. And as we do that, I believe that we're going to experience just a great transformation in our life. So I got three challenges for you with regards to this process, okay? How many of you want to see more of God in you and less of what you got right now, right? And that, that's what we're really talking about. And it's easy to let your brain or your emotions or what you think or what you feel be in control or take precedence in your life. Um, it's almost like what filter are you addressing life through? If you address life through your spirit, you're coming from a place of truth that's eternal, truth that might not always be seen, but is a higher truth than what is seen. And, and those truths can then begin to influence your soul, the way that you feel, the way that you think, and your body physically. But if you're going to let your senses or your soul or your body be the filter through which you check on your spirit. Let's say, well, I don't feel very good, so therefore, I must not be healed. I don't, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, I, I think that, that this is what I should do, but the Bible says that, but this is what I think I should do. You see who's in charge? Who's at the center? Your feelings, your thoughts, your emotions, and you're suppressing the truth of who God is in you. So we're going to flip the script. We're going to learn how to live by what God says about us and what God says about himself in us. And we are going to experience an amazing transformation because of it. And uh, we're going to see Jesus increase in us and through us. And so um, I'm going to ask the worship team to come. We're going to do a final song together. But also, I want to... Uh, I want to give an invitation this morning. And if you're watching, uh, I just want to take a minute to pray with you as well. And, and the invitation is for healing this morning. But before we do that, there's three challenges I have for you for this series, okay? Number one, we are going to be starting a life group. Uh, I think we have 10 different life groups, and most of them are virtual life groups. There's a couple of them that you can do in person. I think there's one of them you can do either or, so you could be either a person or you could, you know, be virtually connected to that group. But I want to challenge you to join a life group for this series. It's going to, the life group's only going to be six or seven weeks long. It's going to finish by the end of October, and then we're done. And we're going we're gonna to have our, you know, Thanksgiving, our hunting, our Christmas season. You got all that time. Uh, we're not asking for a life group to go through that season. We're just talking about the next seven weeks, six to seven weeks. It's going to start in two weeks. And I just really want to encourage you and challenge you to be a part of a life group for this season, for this series. Because you, you learn best when you have the chance to talk with other people, process things together. And we want to go on this journey together. Okay, the second challenge I have for you is to memorize or meditate on scriptures. Okay, this is what transforms our lives, as Romans says. It's not being conformed to the way this world thinks, not being conformed to the way this world does things, but being transformed or changed by the Word of God. And so what I'm going to do is every Sunday, I'm going to give you seven verses so you can have one a day. And if you really want to go for it, I would challenge you to take one verse a day. Find a way to meditate on that verse, whether you're a post-it note person or a three-by-five card person or whatever you do, however you work it into your daily plan, I want to challenge you to put your mind on the Word of God. Give God something to work with. Uh, we cannot be transformed to think and live according to the Spirit if we don't give God's Word precedence in our lives. And so I'm going to give you seven verses a week. Uh, those verses, if you've got a bulletin, uh, are in there. And they'll also be uploaded, I think, to our uh, app. So if you get our app, you can do it there as well. And by the way, our life groups are already open to sign up. You can go on our app or our, on our website. You can sign up right now. Uh, you can do that in the next couple weeks, okay? And the third challenge is at the end of this series, we're going to have a celebration weekend. We're calling it Freedom Weekend. And we have, it's been two years since we did something like this, and this is going to be really cool. We're just going to gather together Friday night and Saturday morning for a couple of different hours and just 
worship God, minister to each other, and just reach into the truths that God has been teaching us. And we're just going to have a spiritual, you know, just energizing time together where we just really encourage each other and are encouraged by God. And so I'd like to challenge you to try to make room for that in your schedule. I think it's October, I don't know, 23, 24, or 24, 25, I'm not sure, whatever that You are sick and tired of being sick and tired. You know what I'm saying? If you want to discover a new way of living, spirit living is for you. This is, this is the path that I want to encourage you to take. And I'll say this in closing. The elders uh, who are leading our life groups, I'm really excited about that. We've been going through this material the last two months together, and it's already affected my life. It's changed my life. And I just can't wait to see what it's going to do in your life as you get these truths deep down inside of you. Okay. Would you stand with me, please? I want to pray for you. I want to pray for those at home or those watching this video, whether you're watching it live right now or watching it recorded. How many of you believe in the power of prayer? Right? Prayer is not limited by space, and it's not limited by time. So even if you're watching this video, for instance, and it's not live, what we're about to do by faith can, can have an impact in your life right now. I believe that. But anyway, I believe that God wants to heal people this morning. If you're here during this worship song, I'd like to pray with you. Uh, if you want me to put my mask on, I'll put my mask on. If you don't want me to touch you, I won't touch you. But if you, if you don't mind, I can lay my hand on you. I'll do that. doesn't matter to me because prayer is not in a box. The power of God's presence is not in a box. But I am just kind of saying I would love to pray for you today if you just need a healing in your body. I'm going to just come on over here and uh, I'm going to pray for those watching though right now because if you're reaching out, I, I just believe God is here to break out, break out with this healing, okay? Would you guys all pray with me? Right now, if you're watching this, I just pray that you believe right now that by God's, by Jesus' stripes, the Bible says, we are healed. And he didn't just come to save our spirit, he came to heal us. That's what this whole series is about. Spirit, soul, body. God wants to redeem all of who we are. And so I believe with everything inside of me that sickness and disease has to bow to the name of Jesus. And if you're trusting in the Lord right now for a healing, I want to just agree with you and pray with you, okay? Thank you, Lord. Right now we come in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, that you are our healer. By your blood shed on the cross, we are forgiven and we are healed. To everyone who is sick or diseased or is reaching out by faith right now, Lord, for a healing, I agree right now with heaven that they are healed by the stripes of Jesus and I extend to you shalom. Shalom to you and your whole body. Shalom, peace, healing through the blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Heal, make right what is wrong. Bring peace to what has been infected by sin and sickness and disease. Lord, we thank you for shalom. Right now, I speak shalom to each one that we'll see the peace of God, the healing of God come upon each one of us. Thank you, Lord. And in this place, Jesus, thank you that you are not dead, you are alive. Your blood is not old-fashioned. It is flowing right now. It is flowing. It is what makes us righteous. It is what accesses heaven for us. And we receive heaven right now in Jesus' name. We receive healing. We receive wholeness. We receive blessing right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Before we worship the Lord with the final song, I want to lead anyone here or anyone watching in a prayer to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. If that's in your heart today, I want you to pray this prayer in your heart with me, okay? Jesus, today I come to you and I offer all that I am to you. I thank you that you died on a cross for me, that I might be forgiven and I might be rescued and redeemed for all eternity. That you made me because you love me and you made me with a purpose to be with you forever and today I come home to you 
I declare my faith in you, Jesus. I declare that you are my Lord and my Savior. I trust in you. I believe in you. And I'm all yours. Thank you for forgiving me and setting me free. Fill me with your Holy Spirit so I have the power to live this new life you've made possible. I love you and I pray this in your holy name. Amen. Amen. Well, if you just prayed that prayer, welcome to the family. I celebrate with you and you just crossed over from death to life and Jesus says eternal life has now begun for you. So let's continue to just walk into the fullness of what God has done for us. As Paul said, I'm not there yet, but I'm pressing forward to lay hold of all these promises for which God laid hold of me in Christ Jesus. God's done some good things, but he's not done with me yet. He's not done with you yet. So like Paul, we press forward for more until we are fully redeemed. And one day when Jesus returns, we will experience the full redemption of his love for us. And that's going to be an awesome day to celebrate. So uh, let me pray a blessing on you. And then if, uh, if you like prayer, I'd love to pray with you. And we're going to sing another song of worship, okay? But because I'm going to be praying with people, I want to put the blessing on you now, all right? So I, I won't be interrupted later. I want to just pray with people. As long as you're here and want some prayer, I'm, I'm here to pray with you and encourage you. So let me give you guys the blessing, okay? And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. And the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace, his shalom. And may the rivers of living water just flow freely towards you, in you, and through you in his name. May love overpower any fear in your life. And may you be dominated by his spirit, not the spirit of this world, in Jesus' name. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Please come forward for prayer or just hang out. We're going to do another song of worship, okay? I see glory 
Jesus. Ooh.